Welcome to the She Recovers podcast. I'm Taryn Strong, co-founder with my mother Dawn Nickel of She Recovers. She Recovers believes that we are all recovering from something. And here on She Recovers podcast, we examine the healing power of connection and intentional living, as well as what happens in our lives when we put down our past stories and pick up our soul's true purpose. If you have been questioning your use of a substance, or if you are in a relationship that you know is unhealthy but you are staying because you don't know how to leave, then this episode is for you. Or maybe you know someone in your life who is experiencing these. In this episode, Mama Don Nickel shares her experiences with different bottoms that she's experienced in her recovery. And she shares one of our guiding principles that we believe in early intervention. We do not have to hit rock bottom to pursue recovery in any area of our lives. Do not let your fire go out, spark by irreplaceable spark. In the hopeless swamps of the not quite, the not yet, and the not at all. Do not let the hero in your soul perish and leave only frustration for the life you deserved but never have been able to reach. The world you desire can be one. It exists. It is real. It is possible. It is yours. This quote from Ayn Rand reminds me very much of the principle in our Intentions and Guiding Principles that says, we believe in early intervention. We don't have to hit rock bottom to pursue recovery in any area of our lives. Recovery can also be one. It exists. It is real, possible, and it is ours. But we have to choose it. I've pondered the concept of rock bottom often over my nearly three decades of addiction recovery. I admit there was an extended period of time early in my own process when I believed the untruth that only people who hit hard bottoms would or could be inspired to choose a new way of life. I now know from my own life experiences, from the excellent research on the subject, and from being in community with literally thousands of women through She Recovers, that we can each decide for ourselves when enough is enough. Recovery is learning to listen to ourselves. She Recovers is for women recovering in all areas of their lives, And the principle of early intervention applies regardless of whether we are recovering from a substance use disorder, codependency, chronic illness, other behavioral health issue, or any other life challenge. As She Recovers has grown, so too has my and our awareness and understanding that more and more women are choosing recovery long before they hit the typical hard bottoms characterized by devastation of body, mind, spirit, relationships, loss of employment, and so on. Indeed, women who experience a high bottom make up a relatively large segment of our She Recovers community, both online and at our events and retreats. Jolene Park, creator of Healthy Discoveries, is one of the many amazing female trailblazers in our midst, attempting, as she herself states, to challenge the crash and burn paradigm of, in her case, women's drinking narratives. This early intervention approach is also embodied by the work of our friends, uh, Annie Grace, author of This Naked Mind and the Alcohol Experiment, as well as Holly Whitaker, 
creator of hip sobriety, now known as the Tempest. Many of our own She Recovers coaches also focus on working with women who are intervening early in their unhealthy life habits. The descent into addiction is not always linear. For those of you who have heard my daughter Taryn's story and, and even portions of mine, you'll know that our recovery uh, has been characterized by a stop and start process. I was definitely not one of those women who figured out early that I wasn't going to be very good at drinking and using drugs. There weren't a lot of gray areas in my substance use and abuse, and I didn't take an early exit on those behaviors. Part of my addiction narrative includes some pretty deep bottoms. I started using heavily when I was 15, and by the time I was 19, I'd been hospitalized multiple times for attempted suicide, accidental overdoses, and depression. All of my substance use-related rock-bottom experiences took place before I turned 20. In those years, I was heavily using cocaine, benzos, and drinking alcohol, smoking lots of pot, and taking whatever other pills were around at the time. At age 20, I became pregnant with my daughter, Ashley, and to this day, I credit her with saving my life. I'm pretty certain that I would have died if I'd continued on the way I was. But pregnancy and the promise of bringing a new life into my otherwise desperately unhappy one turned my life around. That isn't to say that I stopped using when I became pregnant. But I did start to try really hard to stop using. I stopped using benzos. I didn't smoke hardly any pot for those nine months. But I did drink sporadically. And I mean, I got drunk sporadically. After Ashley was born in 1981, I went back to more frequent consumption of substances, back to cocaine, back to the pills, alcohol, and marijuana. But I did change how I used and how often I used. I often reflect that I found the desire to stop using when I got pregnant with Ashley. I just wasn't able to stop. The desire to be alcohol and drug-free was strengthened when my daughter Taryn was born in 1985. As had been my pattern since my teenage years, I spent a great deal of every waking day trying not to use. I took good care of my two beautiful girls for the most part, although I'm sure I could have been more present for them if I wasn't obsessed with not using. Despite my best efforts, my life spiraled out of control during a relatively brief marriage to a mentally and physically abusive man who just happened to be a drug dealer. In 1987, that marriage and a particularly bad binge drinking and drugging episode brought me to the bottom that I needed to hit in order to finally effect change. I went into treatment and found the strength to end the marriage. I haven't drank alcohol or used cocaine, my primary primary drug of choice, since July 20th, 1987. As I said earlier, recovery is not always linear. For the first two years of my newfound recovery, I smoked a massive amount of pot. I understand now that I was practicing harm reduction. I really didn't have the resources to stay completely abstinent. So back to treatment for me in 1989, and I haven't used recreational drugs since. Over the past 30 years, I've used drugs to alter my mind and my mood for only a couple of days. That was in 2000, after my mother passed away from cancer, and I took her prescription drugs in order to deal with the grief that overwhelmed me. In a sense, I suppose one could say that in 2000, I chose an early exit from what could have been a downward spiral if I continued to take the pills that were prescribed to my dead mother. In a moment of clarity, however, I flushed a few remaining pills that I hadn't taken, And I haven't used drugs unless prescribed to me since. The point of my story in the context 
of this discussion is that although substance use and abuse and other addictive behaviors can be plotted along a spectrum, on a personal level, the process of becoming addicted to a substance or a behavior is often nonlinear. At multiple points along the spectrum of my own experience, I can identify moments of very keen self-awareness about what was happening for me. I knew at 17, at age 20, 25, and 27, that I had a problem with substances, and I wanted to change. I just didn't know how to do anything about it until I got to treatment. And even then, as I've said, I didn't become abstinent for another two years. I think the part of my passion for the idea of early recovery comes from my wondering, what if, what if, when I look back on my own journey, what if somebody in my family or life had noticed that I was using or misusing drugs during my teenage years? What if, when I was a young mom, somebody had noticed that I was using drugs, not coming home, taking my daughter to my mom's for an evening so I could go out to a movie and then not showing up until the next morning? What if my mom had confronted me? I'm not saying that it was her responsibility or anybody else's to identify my problem, but I think it would have been helpful if the people around me would have been honest and open about what they were seeing in my own life. If you're listening to this podcast and you're just one of those women who have questioned your own use of a drug or another substance or alcohol, or if you're wondering about relationships that you know are particularly unhealthy, but you're not doing anything about them because you just don't know how, I urge you, I beg you, reach out to somebody who you think might have had a similar experience. I'm pretty sure that that woman or man or whoever it is that you reach out to will tell you that there was a time in her or his life where he or she knew that it was time to make a change. It doesn't mean that you will absolutely make that change in that moment, but recovery is a practice. All we need to do is begin. The beginning of anything is really the best part. It can be exciting to think and receive hope that things might be okay if you just make a different choice today or tomorrow. Anyway, I just wanted to let you know that I'm here if anybody wants to reach out to me about their own experience. Early intervention isn't possible for everybody. Some of us just have to hit that harder bottom. Well, that's not correct. We don't have to. It's just the way our story went. Thank you for listening to the She Recovers podcast. We hope you will share, rate, subscribe, and help us spread the word. You can always find out more about She Recovers our intentions and guiding principles, upcoming events and retreats, recovery coaching, online yoga, and so much more on our website, sherecovers.co. And while you're there, sign up for our newsletter so that we can stay in touch.